0: Welcome to the Celtic Down Under Podcast. My host, Jared, and joining me tonight is John. How are you, John?
1: Good. Well, I'm fucking raging still. How's everybody else? We've
0: got Liam. How are you, Liam?
2: Yeah, good up here, thanks. Tired, but fine.
0: And Sean,
3: how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, the wife and kid are away. Just left for two days, so we're going to have a wild 48 hours uh, writing school reports.
0: How's the, blan- how's the blanket fort going?
3: It's hot as shit in your-
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> for those who cause you didn't hear what our conversations before, Sean's in a little bit of a blanket fort for sound quality. So um, yeah, Western Australia, Perth, which is always a bit warmer than the East Coast of Australia, and then he's in a blanket fort. Better, <laughs> better you than me, mate. Better you than me. <laughs> yeah, so um, with no, no Celtic games this week, it's a uh, bit of a weird spacer personally I hate international break how about you boys? Sean what's your take on international breaks? You look forward to the games or not really?
3: Normally I'm pretty apathetic towards it but this one with Scotland is a bit different you know I'm old enough and I know Jared, you're not in the same uh, group nationally speaking but I'm old enough to remember the World Cup in 98 uh, even uh, Euro 96 and so this one-off game with a chance to get to the Euros, it's really caught me and I'm a bit excited and planning to get up in the middle of the night to watch it.
0: What about you, John? What's your thing with the internationals? Are you looking forward to the game or not really?
3: Um,
1: I'm definitely looking forward to uh, tomorrow morning. Um, 100%. It's one of the biggest games. Um, Well, to be honest, for... It's, one of the biggest games of my lifetime to be honest for scotland so i was seven the last time scotland was well no well with last time was an international competition so um yeah i am look i am looking forward to tomorrow normally i'm a bit like um sure i couldn't, couldn't really give a fuck i sometimes watch scotland sometimes watch australia and that's about it really um but yeah so looking forward to tomorrow because it's a big deal
2: but apart from that don't really give a fuck i'd rather not
0: and what about you, Liam?
2: Yeah, I, um, I'm i a Scotland fan. I always watch the Scotland games, always cheer for Scotland, but by God, it's difficult sometimes. It really is. Um, and, uh, you know, we've actually got a chance of doing something tonight and I really hope we can do it, but I've got my doubts, to be honest.
0: <laughs> well, from my point of view, I'd love to see Scotland. I've said on previous podcasts about this game coming up, Personally, I'd love to see Scotland get because it's been a long time since 98, but at the same time, the in-laws will kill me if I go for Scotland because they're all Serbs. So <laughs> I just hope it's a good game and no Celtic players get injured and we go from there. But we'll use that as the um, leeway into one of our topics we're going to talk about tonight. Liam, you brought up in our group chat about how the Celtic support seems split on whether they'll support Scotland tonight. Do you want to jump into yeah. what your thoughts were on that?
2: Well, um, yeah, I was actually um, writing one of my uh, articles for CelticNowandForever.com. Please go and check that out. And um, a, a piece I wrote that's going up today was actually the question of Celtic fans following Scotland. Um, what's, the, what's the deal with it? Because when I look at my Twitter or my Facebook, it is a kind of a almost 50 50 split between people who are like yes support scotland and if you're born in scotland you should support scotland and um others who are like the sfa that an enemy is celtic fuck fuck scotland i hope they crash and burn you know and it's, it's it seems like a kind of 50 50 split and it get it's an argument that gets quite toxic very quickly because you have a lot of the kind of a plastic paddy insults being thrown at people who choose to support Ireland rather than Scotland and so on um and I'll admit years ago that was me I used to be like that I used to believe you know if you're born in Scotland you should support Scotland and but then moving abroad kind of changes your perspective and then something happened to me a few years ago when I was in Osaka um I can offer you a bit of a tangent here boys but humor me um and um we were doing a, a project at work. I, I'm an English teacher, my main job, and we're, we're preparing this, what's called the English Day event. So about 100, 120 teachers in Osaka from about 15 different countries are all organising this event, this International Festival of English, where school kids come along and they're encouraged to speak English, whatever. But our supervisor had the idea of, like, every country should have its own stall. So he made a list of all the countries on the board, but, of course, one of the countries listed was the UK. No sign of Scotland, right? So I said, uh, um, excuse me, uh, my, my country's not there. And he's like, but, but you're from the UK? I said, no, 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 I'm Scottish. Put Scotland on there. And he's like, "All right, I'm sorry. Typically, being typically Japanese, he's like, oh, I'm really sorry. Okay, no problem. They put Scotland. And then some fucking prick at the back of the room like, you British, it's on your passport. I was like, fuck off. And I ended up having a standing argument with this clown who was like, you should be British. And then, of course, it quickly became clear later on that the boy was born in Lark Hall despite being English, so his motives were quite clear. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we had a big argument about it. And then I realised that what he was saying to me, that was what I must have sounded like when I am having a go at Celtic fans telling them they can't support Ireland. So... I've definitely moved away from feeling that way Um, I Although, you know, my ancestors Are Irish, and I'm quite proud of that I've never been to Ireland, I don't feel Any great emotional connection to Ireland For me there's a conflict Between Scotland and Japan, because I've spent Most of my adult life in Japan, if Scotland Had to beat Japan tonight to qualify I genuinely would be In two minds as to who to support Um, Because, you know, I've got Friends in Japan, I've got a deep emotional connection to this country. You know, Japanese partner and so on. So that's a conflict for me. But it's not like that for these Celtic fans. But at the same time, if they choose to identify with Ireland rather than Scotland, I think that's that's no one's business but their own. And fair play to them. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cast it up to them.
3: Would Would you but, tell a Chinese person they can't support Man United? Uh,
2: no. But I certainly wouldn't be paying their bus fare you know what I mean though no no I I know exactly what you mean Um, no again um, I've got one of my best friends in Japan actually is a West Ham supporter despite the fact he's from Canada and um, you know he is every bit as passionate a West Ham fan as any Londoner you'll ever meet and people choose to support a football team when it comes to club teams there's a variety of reasons why you choose to support your team And if a boy from Beijing decides, for whatever reason, he's going to support Man United, then that's fine for him. I don't have a problem with that.
0: Perfect example of that is I was doing a um, one of our CSC podcasts with the guys over in Seoul, Korea, and I was talking to one of the guys that involved there, and he was telling me about one of the founding members. He's the hundred percent the most one of the most Korean guys you'll ever meet. Tom, he come over to Australia went to university, that sort of stuff. So, he knows quite a few people over here. But he's um, born and raised over there. And the reason he fell in love with the Celtic Football Club is because of his personal beliefs of politics and the club being founded the way it was and things like that. So, personally for him, it meant a lot to him. And he discovered the club that way. If someone in China has the same feelings for the same reasons about their club that Tom in, in Seoul, Korea has, then good on them. Like, who are we to judge at the end of the day? That's the way I look at it. But everyone's entitled to their opinion on that.
3: I guess I was more making the point that um, why, why is uh, supporting a national team tied to your nationality but supporting a club team isn't?
2: That's a very good point.
0: Valid point. I think we yeah. I think that went b- over both our heads there, Sean. So, <laughs> straight over the top. Like like a Cal McGregor shot from outside the box. It's gone straight over our heads into the into the stand.
1: <laughs> there's a there's a level of like, you know, being a bit patriotic and following, you know, like if it was let's just say it wasn't football for a second, if it was the Olympics and you're watching I don't know fucking kayaking, you're going to support the Scottish lad, aren't you? Whoever it is, you're just going to wave them on and you know hope they get third or something. Like you not, you're not. It's not necessarily expecting
3: greatness. You're just um, a bit of mutual community and stuff. Add, think- sorry, sorry, John, to flesh out that point you were making there, and just the fact that you mentioned kayaking. Like, I had a kayaking instructor when I was in Africa and Uganda. So if I was watching the Olympics and it was Scotland versus this guy that had taught me kayaking in Uganda. I'd be supporting the guy from Uganda, you know. What ah, I mean? yeah, 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 so yeah, I, yeah for sure. So, so it's almost not just your national pride. It's almost just because that's your friends and family and close people, you know.
1: Yeah, right. But by the exact argument, that's different because you have a connection with that with that person, right? Yeah. But at the default setting, and, and what you consider, uh, like like your your connections and your culture, you would immediately go with nationality, right? Yeah, which is the exact reason um, I've got a Southern English accent, but I support Scotland, is because that's my culture. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the team that I will support first, probably England last. So it's just more—it's more about like a cultural thing, your default setting, and that's what you go for. I mean, like, the only reason that I, I'll ever, um, you know, watch a national team is because um, Celtic players play for that national team. I'm more likely to, f- to watch Norway to see how Aya and Elianusi are getting on, um, you know, than watching, say, I don't know, Nigeria or something, or whoever else, France, you know. Yeah.
2: Aye. Absolutely. I mean, the, the other thing about that is that quite often on, on, whenever Scotland get beat, which is, is quite often, right, there's usually a torrent of things on Twitter saying, oh, it's all those it's all those English guys that play for us that aren't really Scottish. And that Annoys the hell out of me.
1: Yes, my whole life.
2: <laughs> not on not, but not only were those not born in Scotland, right? But they've actively chosen to be Scottish. To me that's even that's that's actually a level above simply being born there. They've had the choice of something else. They went, no no, I'm gonna go for Scotland. That's me, that's what I identify with. I've you actually want, got more respect for guys that do that.
0: Rod Stewart? Sure. Is that
3: who you're thinking of? <laughs>
0: I'm going, well. your, I'm going to take your point there, Liam, and give it a flip it a 180. Yeah. If Karamoko Dembele, for instance, right, who's been playing youth internationals for England, suddenly chose that he wanted to play for Scotland because he's lived there since he was one and a half years old or something like that, would that be a big issue?
2: Not for me. No, I'd be absolutely delighted.
0: Now I'll turn it the other way. Jack Grealish. Right. In the Ireland situation, played all his youth internationals in Ireland. Suddenly, he gets a chance to go and play for England instead of Ireland, and he just ditches Ireland to go to across and play at England. Has there been mm-hmm. any issues from the people down in England or people saying, oh, but he, he should be playing for Ireland? No, there hasn't. There was a lot of uproar in the Irish side of it, but not in the UK, down in the, the English side. So, I don't know. I just think... Yeah.
2: Because he's a good player, though. If he was shite, the Portland would be flagging it up. Yeah. That's exactly it. And That's then, exactly it. That's English uh, people, though.
0: And then as an Australian, yeah. we throw in Boyle from Hibs. We throw in Souter as a centre-back. These are guys that should be playing for Scotland. But they're playing. They're travelling half the world away to play for Australia in internationals instead of playing for Scotland. So there's clearly an issue. But my opinion is... Whoever you can play for, if you if you qualify for England, Ireland, Scotland, Australia, Zimbabwe, I don't care. It's the player's individual choice. We have a lot of players. Like We'll go back to the 2006 World Cup, Australia versus Croatia. Josip Simic. Simen, what was it? Simic or something like that. Simenovic. Simic. Simic, that's the one. I don't know. I struggle with that name because um, <laughs> I was thinking of Jose. But um, yeah, like he got three yellow cards in the one game. Yeah, English referee yeah. was yeah. it Graham Paul or something like that, right? Yeah, born and raised in Australia, came through the AIS here. He didn't even hear this conversation, that conversation about him back then, because Australia had its golden generation. If that happened now, you'd probably hear about it. But it's all horses for courses, and where your team's at. If you were like. You look at the amount of German players or French players who, of African descent, who are now starting to play for their African nations instead of playing for the country they were born and raised in. Why? Look how strong their teams are. They're not going to get in game there if they want to play international football and they qualify and they can play for the the country of their their birth or of their parents' birth. Good luck to them. Mm. Last one I'm going to go to on my little rant here is Lyndon Dykes. Yeah. Born and raised in Australia to Scottish parents. I personally have no problem at all with him playing for Scotland because he's, both his parents are Scottish. He lives He's lived over there for years. He's played the majority of his career over there. So good luck to him. Go get the job done, son. That's the and way did, I look at did
1: it. You hear his, did you hear his interview? Sounds Aussie. Like recently. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's, he sounds completely Aussie. Um, but he himself said... You know, he's, he's, he's not saying that he's not Australian, but he says he feels more connected. At the, the choice he made was because he feels connected to Scotland. And that's exactly it. I mean, the wider conversation of what we're having is individuals. I mean, your, your nationality and your culture and your identity isn't grey and isn't black and white, right? It's grey. So everyone's, you know, we're all multicultural. We might think we're all dead, you know, I'm um, fourth generation, um, German or I'm um, 12th gen- generation British, it doesn't fucking matter there's all these different variations and all these different things, you know, go do a DNA test and you tell you are probably Middle Eastern, right yeah. so, you know, it's whatever whatever you feel as a choice connected to you know, go for it and if you have the opportunity, just like you're saying Jared if you feel these connections for whatever reason, doesn't you have to be like genetics and you feel a connection that and you get a choice to play and you get an opportunity fucking stop moaning about it just If Celtic fans want to support Ireland Because they feel more Irish than Scottish Fine If people on the other side of Glasgow feel more British And want to support England Bizarre Then go support England I'm really not fussed Just go and do it
3: The only reason that I think that That I still support national football in principle Is because it's antithetic to the, the money-driven club football You know, like in club football everyone got, The best players gather around the money where when it's national football, I mean, yeah, the best countries try to consistently remain the best countries, but also it's not driven by money, you know. There's something else, and that's that's what's good about it, really.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I mean, if, you take,
3: agree. if you
2: take away the, the 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 national registration rules, within two or three years, it would be China and America competing for the World Cup every every four years.
0: Yeah. You're talking about there, the um, uh, Sean about the, you know, the money and everything, but if we we're being completely real about the money, we wouldn't be playing any friendlies at the moment because in the middle of a pandemic. So that's a whole Sorry, other I, another yeah, can of we I know you're talking I'm about sure. the players' wages. I'm just throwing another yeah. curveball here. Because I'm sure one other listener out there probably would have had that dumb idea popping in their head that I just had. So, you know.
3: <laughs> yeah, I just mean players don't choose the country they play for based on money. Is what I mean.
0: Yeah, got ya. It, yeah.
3: Um, yeah, so, you, like, yeah, like, if you were to do a thought experiment on it, and, and Liam talk, basically, I'm directly referring to your uh, piece about Celtic fans following Ireland, yeah. and, I, and I thought about it with Aidan McGeady, and I was thinking, you know, I wasn't, my family's, fat, uh, I'm personally six generations removed from Ireland, uh, mm-hmm. and, and Scotland, so I've still got the Irish name, uh, but, you know, I wasn't raised in an Irish culture, but I was raised in a Celtic culture, and I have to say that Celtic culture is very strongly Irish. You know, like, I know all the words the Fields Athan Rye and the Irish National Anthem. I could tell, you know, if it wasn't for Celtic, I don't know if I could tell you about Bobby Sands and, you know, the the Bloody Sunday and all those things. I don't think I could talk about that if I wasn't uh, raised in that Celtic culture. And honestly, if, say I was, you know, again, as a thought experiment say I was a gifted footballer, 18, 19, 20, and you're asking me, as a Celtic fan, you know, which country do you want to play for? I'd honestly be 50-50, because you've been raised in that culture where you honestly, you feel a part of that, and and if the only thing that's splitting your decision is, look, Ireland have been at the last two World Cups and Scotland, haven't? You know? Uh,
2: No, I mean, that's a very fair point. Um, I mean, Japan has quite a, an open approach to that kind of thing. I mean, right? It'll never happen because I'm bloody I'm or I'm obese, right? But if I was of a way that I could still play professional sports, by now I'd be eligible to play for Japan because once you've been in the country five years, you can apply for citizenship, and if you're a good sportsman, you'll get it because they want you to represent Japan. Um, you know, I mean, like half of the half of the Japanese rugby team were not born in Japan. Um, I think there's still two or three of the, of, the, of the national football team that were born outside Japan. The most iconic person in Japanese sports right now is Naomi Osaka, the tennis player, who is Japanese mother, Haitian father, born in America. But she's Japanese because she chooses to be. Yeah. yeah that's, that's great. And, you know, I think that's, that's a kind of approach to it that I would like to see. I don't want it to get to a point where, like you say, people are being paid money to play for the play for the play for the richest countries. But I like the idea of looking at a country and thinking, "I like what they're about. I'm going to make that country my home. I'm going to represent that country. I like that idea, and I like the fact that some players have chose to do that with Scotland."
3: Hmm. Per- personally, if my daughter somehow became a, a decent footballer, I'd I'd be like it's up to her, but I'd really be much happier if she played for Scotland than Australia. Even though mm. she's still—I mean, she's one and a half—but she's never set foot in Scotland, and probably won't for a long time. So, what does that say?
1: Mm. And if she feels more Scottish at that moment and has a choice between Scotland and Australia, what's stopping her? Because your Scottish is—is is your partner Scottish as well? No, she's Australian. But, All right. You know. Well then, okay. So you've got the she'll have the two cultures at home so she can choose between the two that's that's i think that's just life right most celtic fans will have irish connections you know and or, and probably scottish connections or one or the other so they can choose what national team they can support i'm not really that fussed about
0: it all right so bringing it back to the game tomorrow morning our time I'm going to throw it Mm -hmm. over to you guys because you've got more riding on this game than I do. Score predictions. What do you reckon, Sean?
3: Uh, So if I was to remove my emotions from the equation, uh, it should be a comfortable 2-0 for Serbia based on what I saw against Norway last month. But I've just got this uh, irrational faith in Steve Clark based (laughs) on the last few games. And I've got a feeling that we'll take it to extra time and... I think it'll go to penalties, one each, and I think Scotland will win on penalties.
0: Liam. Oh. What are you
2: Liam? Well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna rephrase an old, only an excuse joke here. You know, my uh, my heart says Scotland, my head says Serbia, my nose says Colombia. But anyway, um, I'm gonna go for a,
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go
2: for a one each at a normal time. And fuck it. Scotland will snatch it 2 1 in extra time. There you go. John. A dodgy offside own goal and we'll get a <laughs> Finally, the luck will fall for, it
1: for a change. It's the stars are aligning. Um I disagree, right? Because like I know everyone's getting nervous and stuff, but correct me if I'm wrong, has Serbia not been playing pretty shit up until Norway? Have they
3: Actually, not
1: yeah. have they not all yeah. been saying that? Norway was a bit of a eyebrow razor and it kept was a very sort of came out of nowhere win um so yeah and just kind of slowly building momentum we've got a lot of players coming back I'm gonna say we're gonna win in normal time 1-0 and I'm gonna be shitting it the entire time because it'll be an early goal it'll be like a four four five minute goal and then it would just be 85 minutes of me absolutely shitting it Ugh.
0: I think that's a. Uh, you need to go live on the Solid uh, Down Under Facebook page if that happens and just, you know, <laughs> share the stress on your face for everyone. <laughs> sure. I'll be <laughs> but, a fucking right, Yeah, on. so what you're saying there, John, like, yeah, Serbia has been struggling. They've had, have not had a settled team the whole way through. Um, for me, as a complete neutral here, what's Scotland got to lose? That's the way I look at it. If, if you're going into that game as Scotland haven't qualified for anything, for 22 years, you've got nothing to lose. Quite. Right. And then on top of that, yeah. But then on top of that, Serbia's missing six first-team regulars through this whole phase because of COVID and uh, restrictions where the players can't get out of Italy and come back in without quarantining. So everything is set up where it could actually be, it could be a really good quality game. But I don't want to put the jinx on anyone. So, yeah, I just want to... Good game, no injuries for our four guys or whatever that are over there with Scotland, and yeah, we'll see how it happens. But my gut feel okay. it'll be a it'll be a a three two result, but I don't know which way it's going to go.
3: Can I just drop a quick stat that I found? So if you so that Norway Serbia game, if you count that as a ninety minute game, as in it went to extra time, then in the last calendar year, as in one year from today going back. Serbia have drawn four, lost two, and almost so on Sunday it'll be one year to the day since they last won a game in normal time. And that was three two at home to the mighty Luxembourg. Oh, Start are lining, I'm telling
1: you. <laughs>
2: oh, you see, I want I want to believe, but you know, First of all, Trump gets his arse handed to him. Then we find a vaccine for COVID. I think we've used up all our luck for this week already. <laughs> but they yeah. come in
0: threes, Liam. They come in threes. There's a chance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, do you know what? In the history books, that's what they'll say, is it? COVID vaccine, Trump gets fucking booted. Scotland gets through to the Europe.
3: <laughs> also, the, the draw's already made. So if we make it, we're Queen England. Oh, yes, do it. Oh. Yeah. it. Come on. It's destiny. Yeah, what's well, the teams we've got? If we make it, it's England, uh, Czech Republic, who we just beat, uh, and oh, I forget the, third, the other team, but they've already made the draw. So Croatia? It's is it Croatia? Yeah. So we've got right. Czech If we make it, it'd be Czech Republic and Croatia at Hamden, and then England at Wembley.
0: No matter what happens, you're going to have some good enemies there because you're going to have either England and Scotland in the same group or Serbia and Croatia in the same group. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happens with that group. Riot police will need to be in the right area. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, we're, we're either, we're either going to reenact Kalodnor or fucking resurrect the Balkans conflict.
3: <laughs> yeah. oh, man, I can't, uh, now that we've had this conversation, my juices are really going for this. I might head out to the casino at 3 in the morning to watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. You guys have got me on the hook.
0: Well, good then. All right. So what we'll do is we'll we'll change topics a little bit. We'll go a bit of a buzz kill now. Yeah. Up to the oh, do we, have to, do we have to talk
3: about
0: Celtic? Okay. <laughs> we'll keep it as simple as possible. Who here really wants to talk about celtic Sparta prague game? Anyone? Let's put a, a five-minute timer on it. That's
3: it. That's okay. Good,
0: Sounds good because I'm sure there's enough. Everyone's had their opinions of it. So Celtic won... Sparta Prague Reserves for Oh, fucking yeah. <laughs> hell. And, yeah, over to you guys.
3: Uh, my, my first thoughts were our worst home defeat in Europe, apart from PSG ever, which is pretty shocking. Uh, it really reminded me a lot of the Copenhagen game. And then when Lenin uh, addressed the media afterwards and said there was people playing as individuals... I thought back and thought, who is he talking about here? The players that came to mind were uh, El Yunusi, Edwards, and uh, Duffy. Sure enough, Edwards and Duffy disappeared from the team after that, and El Yunusi after his mobile phone uh, quote-unquote controversy uh, banged in a hat trick. So I'm glad that El Yunusi got targeted because he responded in the way that we would love to see, and I do agree that Edwards trying to take on four players instead of passing the ball square is part of the reason why we lost.
0: John, how are you?
1: Look, I tell you what, I've got a lot written down here and I'm just reading what I've written down and I don't know if I've got the mental fucking energy to get myself angry enough to read what I've been writing. Do you know that? I've written. Do you know what I did? I went through exactly what Lennon was saying in his in the post match interview, and I think it's some of the most bullshit I have ever heard from a manager in the past fucking ten years. It is. It is worse than the rats. Fucking stupid media things. The David Brent stuff. It's like absolute denial, on the verge of being malicious to his own players. I, I honestly don't... Under, I, I am so firmly now in the group of Lennon needs to get the fuck out. Truly. I am truly now just waiting for the day where the Celtic board and whoever, you know, makes these types of decisions gets the confidence and uh, the bravery to go, nah, we need... we need a change. Because everything that's wrong with Lennon happened in that game. And all I think happened... Largely in the motherboard game as well, but we'll get on to that later. I, I, I honestly think that what Lennon thinks is is management is to tell his just to chuck fucking eleven pros on the pitch, tell them to run like mad and tackle as hard as they can for ninety minutes and shoot when they ever get when they ever see the net, whenever they get a sniff of the goal, just fucking wild shooting, no shape, no shape to the team. Just running about, no matter where. There were moments in that game where there was nobody in the middle of the pitch on the Celtic side. Nobody, not Scott Brown, not McGregor, not Rogic, not Christie. Nobody in the middle. They just had the complete run in the middle. That's 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 madness. That's that's not even schoolboy shit. That's fucking. You teach five-year-olds sh- basic shape, and we didn't even have that. So these are you know you look at these players. They're good. On paper, they should be absolutely romping teams like Sparta Prague and they should be absolutely running away with the the domestic league. And we're not. And there has to be a reason for that. There has to be a reason why these boys aren't up for it. And all this culture talk, I'm sorry, but it starts and stops with the manager and the coach. And I think that's who needs to go.
0: How do you, Liam?
2: Well, I think it goes without saying... Next question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um no, it's
2: serious. I have no fucking motivation to talk about that game whatsoever, so let's just move on. Good.
0: Happy with that.
1: But we'll, um Is anybody else like absolutely fucking still raging at Lennon's not just not just the game, but his responses to it. Sure. I wasn't
3: wasn't happy, I wouldn't say I was raging. Okay. Um I'll, I'll Just more. just a bit of positive spin. Can we see which players got pass marks for me, Lax and Frimpong, that was it?
0: Yeah, it's
2: pretty much it. Laxalt, yes. Frimpong, maybe.
1: Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm. Um, that's where I am. Laxalt, yes. Frimpong. Because mm. I, I say, I say something about like coaching and giving players instruction and stuff. Because Lennon's made you know comments about how he's over coaching. Let me ask you this, right? If Frimpong, Frimpong's a good example, but Christie, you could take Christie as well, right? When Christie plays in the middle, does he play any different? than he would when he's on the wing.
3: Not no. really. No. Does
1: Frim Pong pay any different when he's a wing back or a full back? Not really. Not really. So I'm sorry, but like as far as like basic instruction and basic shape goes, th- I mean those are two very different positions. Both, you know, center attack in mid, winger, wing back, full back, completely different tasks needed. In neither of them, these, you know, these you can just—they're professionals. You can just tell them, and you know, this is what you need to do when you're playing in this position, and they'll just go fucking do it. But I don't think they are. I don't think they're getting told anything different. I think, uh, you know, two days or a day before, oh, you're playing wing back today. Oh, you're playing as um, centre uh, attacking mid today. All oh, right, okay, no
0: worries. I'll just keep doing what I've always been doing. Yeah, mm. agree with you on that. For me, it's it's frustrating to see. Okay, I'm gonna throw back to the rat because. As much as his departure pissed me off and I can't stand the sight of him still to this day, you could tell he was a training ground manager. He'd be on there. He was the boss. He run the show. This is our formation. If that doesn't work, we go to this. This is the formation. This is what's expected of you in as a left back, as a left wing back, as a center back, as a defensive midfielder. Everyone knew their role, what they had to do, what they were supposed to do, and we... we, we hung on to it and we did it. You now look at it and go, what is What's the shape? What What's people doing? Like, as you said before, Frimpong, there's no difference if he's playing as a wing back or as a right back. It's Christie. He just gets the ball and wants to shoot all the time. It's and dribble into trouble. It's, to me, not making any sense. We need, like, I'm a massive Lenny fan of the person and his coaching ability normally, but I've officially transitioned into that Lennon out Lennon out brigade, and I thought this is the perfect time for the change because it's an international break. If you were to get, move him on, bring someone in, they can train with whoever's there, assess everything, and you roll into your next game against Hibbs with the new manager, and off you go. If you hang on for another two or three weeks and it keeps being a shit show, then we'll be nine, twelve, whatever points behind, and it's too little, too late if you make a managerial change. So if we're going to make a change, it had to be now. After the Ferencváros Varas game, he probably should have gone at that point, throwing people under the bus. To then do the same thing after the Sparta Prague game, not good enough. But law. And Dermot, Desmond, they've got to sort it out and make the decision what they want to do.
1: Oh, see, on that note, right, it, it, That needs to, I absolutely agree. It, we, need a, we, need, we need a manager shift ASAP. Fucking sharpish, right? And I, I, I don't care who it is at this point. I, I, I genuinely do not care who it is. Because any single manager, I don't care who they are would look at that team sheet and go just fucking I got I got a team here you you I mean like just fuck off the January transfer uh, window for a minute you you could buy nobody and you'd still go I can win a league with this this is this is I could I can go pretty far in Europa League with this this is a good team right the fact that these good players are not getting are not performing at the, at the levels that they have really recently for any type of consistently consistency for a long period of time, can only can only be blamed by one individual or a, or a small group of individuals and how they are being really negligent in their in their job. Basically, I would I would say get rid of Lennon before Christmas. Absolute must. And I would honestly say give anybody fucking Eddie Howe doesn't matter five million for six months. That's just a player, right? And say save our fucking season. You'll be. You'll be, a, you'll be a Celtic folklore hero. You can go wherever you want after. You can stay if you want, or you can just you can fuck off and go to a better team. But we need we need anybody but Lennon right now. Come in, do your <laughs> thing, be a hero, and and then fuck off. Five millions a player. You know, <laughs> I who does it matter? Fucking Gordon Strachan. Anybody?
3: Absolutely anybody.
0: At the end of I the day, say, in terms can't...
3: of coaching changes, what what is the change this year from last?
0: too many people out of form. That's what it is. No, no, in terms of coaching. The coaching. The coaching. Yeah. no passion. They, Damien Duff out. Got Gavin Shracken in. Yeah, so change. you've got more of the same. Like on the bench, you've Lenny who can be fiery but can be passive. You have John Kennedy, who's a very passive Brendan Rogers, S manager, who he sits and he's really analytical. And then you've got – you had Damien Duff, who was fire and brimstone, sort of thing. You see him up all the time, having a crack at players. And, and that's a Premier League winner, an English Premier League winner, a guy who did all that he did in his career, and he's on the sideline having a crack at you because you're dropping your standards. You're gonna pull. You're gonna be scared. Yep. Gavin Strachan's pulling out the laptop. Yeah, Gavin Strachan with his laptop, looking up. Oh, where can I order some Uber Eats from so I've got food after the game? <laughs> who knows what he's doing on his laptop? He is probably looking at, you know, like player GPS tracking stuff that's in their tops and stuff like that. But another analytical person, it. I don't know. You need to have good cop, bad cop. You do, you do, right? The,
1: the only thing is, I, I don't think... I, I, I don't want to blame um, Gavin Strachan, because he's just come in, right? I think everybody else has been riding the wave of the rat, generally, and this is the first time we've hit some real uh, proper strong strife, and I don't think these individuals are the type of personalities that are going to change anything. They're very, very uh, in over their heads. Um, yeah, I just... I. I, just, I don't get it. I, I don't think Lennon knows. I mean, everyone uh, heard what McGregor said after the game. He he, he will outright say, he, he did outright say, that, um, that it, they were all disjointed and it was unbelievable and he has no idea what the fuck's happening. Um, that's, that's just, to me, if a player doesn't know what the fuck's happening, that means the coaching staff and the manager doesn't know what the fuck's happening. And if the coaching staff and the manager doesn't know what the fuck's happening, how are they supposed to change anything? You can't identify the problem, you can't fix it. That's, that's that's the biggest problem here. Nobody knows what's happening. Nobody knows how to fix it.
0: And all they have to so, say to that point, John, is you're right. And if no one knows what's going on, you can't sack 20 players in a transfer window. So who has to go?
3: Yeah, I don't think it's the players.
0: There's well, if of... you want
3: to put some perspective on it, we're currently this year doing better than we were in Brendan Rodgers' third season. So... The real difference is not how Celtic are doing. The real difference is how the Mankey scum across the town are doing.
1: Totally agree. And that's that's my worry. It's because Rangers are better now. They are better. It's a better team. So I'm um, I'm um, I i do not know about you guys, um, but there's a there's a big part of me now that's really the reason why I'm so angry is because I'm dead sad. And there's a reason I, I think we've just I think we've chucked ten in a row. Generally, there's a big part of me that thinks that. So. I, I want something fixed to, you know, push that away. That's what do awesome. you think, Liam? Um,
2: I think the 10's still on. I think this is going to be Lennon's last season regardless. Either he wins the 10 and walks away a hero, or we fuck it and he gets fired in ign- ignominy. Um, but in any case, I don't see... Now, I- I'm leaning towards saying we need to replace him. I love Neil Lennon, right? I've, I've had a drink with a guy. I think the guy's fucking fantastic, right? As a man and as a Celtic man, he's brilliant. But it's not working right now. And it really pains me to say that, but it's not working right now and it needs to change. And I don't know if it's the manager or the players. Because the players are not playing right, changing the manager will not necessarily fix that. Um, it's, when a team's not playing well The easiest target to go for Is the manager And often it's the correct target In this case I'm just not entirely sure That it is I think there's a deeper Perhaps psychological problem with our players And I'm not sure that changing the manager will fix it And besides As shitty as the Sparta Prague result was Europe is such a low priority this year that I don't think that alone would be enough to warrant sacking him. If we had then lost the Motherwell game as well, which we'll come to in a minute, then I would say get him out the door. Yeah, fair. But while we're still only, after games in hand, three points behind in the league, that's that's not really sackable form for me.
0: Pending we win those games, though, with the form we've been showing, that's not guaranteed. Yeah,
2: that's a fair point. Based on
3: European results, we're going to get the opportunity to make up those games in February and March, while Rangers are playing in the last 32. Yep, but remember last season,
1: when um, we had played more games than Rangers, and we, we were ahead by whatever it was. We all said, it might have been the season before, whatever, we all said, it's better to have the points on the table than it is games in hand. So, you know, they are very much uh in the the stronger position i mean that's that's an obvious thing to say but the the it pains me to say it but uh they're they're looking they're looking a good team they'll hit every good team hits a bad runner form right it's just whether when they're hitting a shit form we can fucking keep going and you know in in our shit form we can keep points going and stuff and i mean i guess we are because we're second and stuff and we ain't up you know still not gone gone but Look, I, I think I'll, I'll leave the um, my Lennon hate and rant with one thing that I've written down, right? Because I fucking ignored everything else. I've said he's a fucking caveman trying to use a smartphone. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: brutal. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And oh. then and then I'll ignore everything else I said because you thought that was fucking brutal. Just see it's. What... <laughs> <laughs> is that what
3: that was? That was,
1: that, that was just a little wee thing, uh, fucking. less <laughs> uh, soundbite thing that happened, but yeah.
0: Well, the funny thing uh... is, two podcasts ago were saying the, the guy bleeds Celtic and, you know, <laughs> everything. They say a week's a long time in football, or fortnight's a fucking season long, but listen. Looks... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's been a torrid time the last couple of weeks So, yeah, we're all doing a bit of a flip-flop here But, you know, it's not just us, it's the, the support in general So, moving on to the Motherwell game We had a 4-1 win Alan with the hat-trick And Cham scoring towards the end there We'll throw to you, Liam What was your take on the game? Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I think it was a good recovery from the from the shock of, of, the, of the European game Um, first half, great second half, we were shaky until we got the third goal Um, I think we're 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 doing okay but there's still issues there I was much more impressed with our forward play I think that um, for whatever reason Eddie just isn't working right now and dropping him for a bit might be exactly what he needs and Ajeti and El Yunus both showed that they can step up Because even though Ajeti didn't score, he had a good game all round, I thought. Um, So, yeah, I think a step in the right direction is is how I would sum it up.
0: And Sean, what was your take on the game?
2: Yeah, uh,
3: to me, on the preceding games, my thoughts going into it were that Griffiths and Rogic have to basically start every match. So... whether it was the Yeti and Griffiths or Griffiths and Edward or whatever combination, I couldn't see the logic behind not playing Griffiths at all. I I didn't quite get that. Uh, In terms of how we played, uh, I thought we played really well for the first 15 minutes. We came out with a purpose and when we got the goal, we kind of dialed it down a bit bit and Motherwell stepped up for a short spell. But but then when we, we raised our game again to get a second goal uh, and then we had the same problem again in the second half when we came out where Motherwell raised their game. And Stephen Robinson, the Motherwell manager, came out afterwards and said, we've never had that many chances in a game against Celtic before. And, and uh, <laughs> anecdotally speaking, I, I agree with them. They, they had a lot of chances. Um, it really reminds me of that game where we beat Ross County 5-0, but it was like we had five shots on target and they had I mean, and scored them all. I don't think 4-1 is an actual reflection of the game. I think it was more of a 2-1 or 3-2 game. Or Yeah, I, I don't think 4-1 reflects how the, the balance of the game. Um, I was worried when Motherwell got their goal. I thought it was coming. I thought Bitton was powder puff. Uh, I thought Duffy would have stopped him. But, you know... Would Motherwell have scored earlier without Duffy there? I don't know. I feel like Laxalt is the only player holding the defence at the moment. I don't. I feel like there's nobody else actually defended apart from Laxalt. Um, and then yeah, the, the last goal was academic. It doesn't count really. To be honest, it's just uh, Motherwell had players at the pitch and we had fresh legs. And simple as that. Yeah, that, that's my thoughts.
0: I'll just duck in quickly here before I throw it to you, John, but something you said there, Sean, about they, Robinson saying that they hadn't had so many like, chances against Celtic. I agree with that 100% as well. For me, what I saw in that game with the amount of chances that they had opened up for him was the same thing we saw against Sparta Prague. The difference is Sparta Prague have a different quality of player than Motherwell. Mm-hmm. That was the difference that made it, a 4-1 win in our favour compared with a 4-1 loss a couple of days earlier. Even though it was Sparta's reserves pretty much, it's still a different quality of player. And for mm-hmm. me that was I was living life dangerously there. Could have easily been 2-1, 3-2 or three all sort of game really close instead of a 4-1. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't do the the game justice that scoreline. Over to you, John.
1: Um so I, I think it's, first of all, I think it's telling that we, uh, we won 4-1, but all of us are sort of singing from the same hymn sheet here as far as, you know, oh. you know, don't be fooled. That might have been a 4-1 result, but we still weren't exactly playing well. Um, the only things I'll say is, uh, first of all, was there not a part-time electrician that played for Sparta, uh, Sparta Prague who scored the hat-trick? So I don't know if Motherwell is a shit cut quality of player than that team that Sparta put out, um, and I think El Hamid as well could be put in that category of when he's when he came on, sort of held the defence there as well. I'd really like to see El Hamid gets a run of games, and if um, frimpong has got that, I, I don't know if it's been confirmed with the ligament damage, and if everyone's seen that.
3: No, he's been confirmed as okay. It's okay, bru- right. Fine. Bruising. He should be back for the next game.
1: Okay, good. That's actually a
3: good well. That's a topic. I would,
1: I would like to see El get a run of games because his ball that, I mean, that's the biggest difference between Frimpong and El Hamid might not be as quick um, but he's sure shit can put a better cross in um, I don't think that cross was
3: good I thought it was just the modern road didn't defend it well
1: yeah I know I do know what you mean to be fair um, but I mean generally speaking that's I would say he's probably better I mean what he doesn't do uh, it's what Frimpong's good at, which is cutting in and taking a shot. Frimpong's looking good at that as well, actually. He's getting to the point where, you know, he's starting to look more like a winger again and stuff. And actually, um, I don't know, he, he came close a few times, Do you know what I mean? So I think I think some big goals are coming from him. I think I think that overall with the Motherwell game, I could say the exact same thing with the Sparta-Prague game. Um, and for whatever reason, you know... We, we we did a bit better and stuff, but I still think there's some inherent problems. I think the biggest ones for me are shape and also passing. Um, for whatever reason, this season
3: our passing has been terrible. Scott Scott Brown was awful. Oh his, my His Christ. passing, his defending, his defending was immense at the weekend. He was the best. He was literally our best defender on the pitch, but he was also the worst best. passer. But that's it, yeah.
1: because nearly every um, tackle that he made, that were fucking great tackles, were only caused because he did a fucking shit pass.
3: Yeah, he was giving it away and winning it back. Like It so, was at least three, four five times he did that. I which is, like, if you're going to do a shit pass,
1: I'm happy for you to go win the ball back again. But on the days where that might happen one out of three games, I just want him to cut that completely out. Christie's guilty of it as well. Uh, I think Edwards being quite selfish when he's on. Um, there's there's some problems. I mean, it's some basic shape problems as well. I think um, I don't mind when wingers swap, but what I do mind is when wingers abandon the wings, shock, uh, and then just sit as sort of like um, just behind the striker as like a second or third striker, whatever. It is. I mean, I don't if if you don't stick to basic shapes and then move at the right time and read the game and stuff. Don't fucking bother, especially with Celtic. Like just you know, go play for Livingston or Hamilton. Just I we just need an absolute, you know, um, game plan and, and basic shape and everyone needs to know exactly what they're doing in the and read the situations and know what decisions to make, you know, when it's good and when it's bad and all of that. And I don't think we're doing any of that. And we need to just cut this shitty person out. And then and then, you know, we'll get ten and I can get pissed and stop being so angry and <laughs>
3: One of those things. So with I, I made I made a point to my to my brother before the game when I seen the lineup uh, was that we were playing in defence with two converted wingers and two converted centre mids in our back four.
1: Who was Motherwell's?
3: No, us. Laxalt and Frimpong are both converted wingers, and oh. Biton and Iyer are both converted
0: midfielders. That's very true. And mm-hmm. then Scott Bain behind him.
3: Yeah, who's <laughs> a converted? A sweeper? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a street sweeper,
1: you mean.
2: I was just going to say that.
0: <laughs> and then a statue in front of him called Bruni because his legs don't work. Mm. <laughs> Fuck, we
3: are messing Julian. We are so missing Julian. Right
0: I know. I I'll keep, actually think oh, it's something else. Yes, we're missing Julian, but I also think what you touched on earlier about not keeping shape, I think we're missing Jamesy more than anyone realises as well.
3: That's yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah.
1: And it's even more apparent because um, Christie's not a winger and he shouldn't be. I mean, at the moment, we're just sort of plugging a hole and I get that. And he does an OK job over there. I mean, I mean, Christie's a great player and I've got a lot of time for him and stuff. But I still think that when Frimpong and, and Forrest were playing, that, that partnership was unstoppable. They were just completely bouncing off each other and making the right runs and knew when to go and when not to go and stuff. And, and, he, and Frimpong and Christie don't have that. And that will take time, I think. Whether we have that time or not is a, is you know another argument, but um, yeah, Christie, if he's playing in wing, needs to stick to the winger's role and not think that he's an attacking midfielder, but starting out on the wing. If you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I'd, I'd love. Speaking of mentioning earlier, you know, we're not, obviously the Rangers struggled against Hamilton and Ibrooks in that later game. Uh, it was a close one, um, but uh, yeah, can can you imagine like? I'd love to see what kind of run of form they'd be on if they lost Golson for two or three months, lost Kent for two or three months, then Morelos went down with COVID. Uh, and, you know, what sort of run of form would they have at that point? Because that's the situation we're in at the moment, you know?
0: Yep. I was waiting, true. I was waiting for one of you to bring that up because I wouldn't want to be repeating myself from a couple of podcasts ago. But, yeah, bang on. That's what we like. Mm-hmm. But at the
1: well, same time, we're champions, right? We should be having um, squad depth and stuff, and it shouldn't be a problem.
2: You know what's funny? Talking about that, I'm just going to read you a quote from an article I wrote last week on this very thing. It says here, let me just find the exact point in the article. <laughs> um, so, here's the thing. Every team that wants to win a championship must at some point overcome adversity. Rangers are yet to meet any Hurdles of any serious nature They've not had any major injuries No viral outbreaks No noticeable dip in form They will almost certainly encounter all of these Over the next few months It's up to Celtic to take advantage In the most ruthless way possible when they do I think that sums it up
3: What if they don't?
2: Yeah Well then that's on Celtic No, it's My not. point is we are going to be given <laughs> that opportunity At some point in the next couple of months Because it will happen You sure? Yeah my, my worry is it it doesn't. Yep, that's my worry as well.
1: I mean, we, we went, I mean, they're not at that level. Um, but we had an invincible
3: season. Didn't fucking oh. fought, drop form once. Sometimes people get lucky in Leicester when the Premier League, you know? No injuries, nothing, you know?
2: I yeah. just don't see it happening with them because they don't have that, they don't have that, how can I put it? I don't think quiet. they have the work ethic that's required to make that happen. I just think they've been extremely lucky up to this point. They're playing well. They are playing well. The best they have since they were born, but <laughs> they're not. They're no world beaters, you know.
0: What was that, John? What did you say? I'm,
2: I'm, they're no world no, no, beaters.
0: No, no, no. John oh, said I something. He nice. used the big word. No, it doesn't come on this podcast.
3: Oh, he said something in French, didn't he? Yeah, I yeah, did. Je
1: ne sais
0: quoi. <laughs> oh, yeah. <there he> <laughs> oh, and that's
1: me, and I'm putting in my resignation letter. Cheerio, guys. That's me done.
3: C'est pas Au revoir, John.
2: Oh,
0: jeez. Uh, okay.
2: Language well. boys, and I'm going to start talking Japanese. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Tomo
2: arigato>. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> All right. So what we I we'll just do? called
2: you a stupid cunt in Japanese, then <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think I think
0: this is the perfect spot to end this podcast. Then.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hooroo. Later, everyone. That's some Aussie foyers. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> and uh Yeah. <laughs> Hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Uh, good luck to both Scotland and Serbia, from my side anyway, tomorrow morning. And um, yeah, anyone got anything else they want to add before we uh, end the podcast?
3: No, I think that's a good spot. Um, yeah, looking forward to the Scotland game tonight. Uh, hopefully, everyone that's listening now is listening before. If not, hopefully, we don't sound like idiots and whatever happens uh,
0: during that game.
1: Keep the faith. Yep. How, how? How, how?